Hi, this is Emily with the Limitless Female Podcast. You are listening to episode 23, Love Languages and a One-Way Marriage. Woman, welcome. If you're a mama who is feeling all the feels of motherhood, the ups and downs of hormones, and maybe even depression, then you are in the right place. Limitless Female is your confident inner voice, helping you master your mood and create the epic life that calls you. My goal is to show you just how enough you are so you can show up limitless in your own life. Let's get started. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Limitless Female Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. And I'm kind of on a love kick. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but last week we talked about love in a new and unique way that I hope was refreshing and gave you some power back in your life and in your ability to love people that you thought otherwise were maybe difficult. Because there are no difficult people. There are just thoughts that we think about them that make us unhappy. We don't have to think those thoughts. All thoughts are optional. One of my favorite thoughts in the whole world. All thoughts are optional. So this week, I wanna dive a little more into relationships. And I want to kind of stay on the topic of love this month because there's so much good information and tools that I have for you in regards to love and particularly our marriages. And this week, I want to talk about the different types of relationships we have and then focus a little bit on our marriages because I think that there is a skewed vision of what a marriage should look like what a good husband does, what a good wife does, and that we complete each other. I think that's a pretty widespread idea that we complete each other. One of the more traditional things that happens when you sit down in like a marriage counseling session, at least from my experience, is that they ask you to tell the other person what you need from them and what you're missing and what they could do for you to help you feel better right? Your expectations of them. And that's all fine. And maybe that's useful. But from my experience and what I teach here is that your spouse does not complete you. So when me and my husband were first dating at Brigham Young University, um, I feel like I had been searching for just someone that got me. I'm not one of those girls who laughs at like every joke that a guy you know, tells me I'm not like flirty. I'm, I kind of like, you know, punch him on the shoulder. I'm like, Hey man, you know, like (laughs) I act like we're in the movie newsies when I was on dates with guys. And so I'm not really like this flirty bat your eyes kind of girl. Um, but when I met my husband, I felt like all the things I ever wanted, he had all the things that I loved in my dad, all the things I never knew I wanted, he had. And I really did feel like he completed me. People would tell us we were two peas in a pod. And I felt like all of a sudden I could see myself as a loving, calm mom. That I actually could accomplish the goals I wanted in life with him by my side. And one of the reasons that I felt that way was not because of the things he did. And it wasn't because he actually completed me. What was happening was I saw in me what I thought he saw in me. 
So he thought I was lovely and funny and a good girlfriend and so kind and so giving. And when he would tell me those things and give me validation, it wasn't the validation that completed me. It was that I believed him. It was the thoughts that I had when he did things for me. So when he served me, when he took me on amazing dates, when he did like scavenger hunts around Valentine's Day, I would have the thought, I'm enough. I'm amazing. I'm worthy of connection, right? I mean, that's like the underlying thought. Of course, first I'm thinking like, he loves me so much. He's so cute, right? But I would make that mean that I was worthy of how much he loved me, right? That's why I wanted to be with him. And so it never really is another person who completes us. And I want to dive in a little bit to relationships. And one of the reasons that I don't have to coach husband and wives together is because a relationship is simply your thoughts about another person. It is not the way that you interact together. It's not what that person does for you. Contrary to what I think most of us believe, it is simply your thoughts about another person. And if you guys think about like a friendship that you've had where you just have the most amazing relationship with a person, that same person, that same good friend of yours could show up the same way with another person and they could not feel like they have a good relationship. They could have totally different thoughts about that person and believe they have a bad relationship because they have their own thoughts, their own choices, their own ideas of what they make that person's behavior mean in their life. This is also why when somebody passes away, sometimes our relationship our thoughts about them improves because they've passed on and now we are just remembering all the very best things. And although they're not here, we still have a relationship because we still have our thoughts about them. And we sometimes, I think, glorify also what our relationship was here on earth. We only remember all the good things and we just feel so blessed to have had them in our lives and we remember all the life lessons they taught us and it's maybe much easier to love them after they've passed but only because our thoughts about them our positive thoughts are easier to choose okay um also you might have noticed when somebody passes on sometimes our relationship gets worse because we only remember the negative we look at our relationship with a different lens. So although they are not continuing to harm us or talk negatively to us or ignore us, we can continue to think about those things and we can continue a negative relationship with them. You guys hear me? You understand? So our relationship is simply our thoughts about another person. Now, when my clients come to me and they're like, I just really want to teach my husband this work and I want him to come to the coaching sessions. I'm all for it. But my first question to my client is why? Why do you need your husband to come to the coaching session? And usually the answer is because he's doing this, this, and this, and it's contributing to the problems in our marriage. And my first thing I tell my client 
is why is that a problem? Why is their behavior a problem? And whatever that answer is, is the thought that is causing the problem in the relationship for her, remember? Because your thoughts about another person is your relationship with them, right? So why is it a problem that he never takes out the trash? Why does your brain tell you that it's dangerous that when you ask him to take out the trash, he doesn't? What, it, what does your brain make it mean about his feelings towards you? What does your brain make it mean about your worth and your ability to control people? Because I guarantee you that your brain thinks it's dangerous when you can't control people. And as a mom with kids and a spouse, I have to constantly tell my brain that I don't need to control people and it's all going to be okay. <laughs> because I feel like we're wired that way to just control everything around us because when our kids are itty bitty babies, we have so much control. And then as they get older, it gets so confusing. It's like, wait a second, you're not going to do what I say. And I know I touched on this last week, but I just want you guys to see that what your spouse does never was the reason that you were feeling disconnected or hurt or any of the emotions that you feel towards them. That their lying or their unwillingness to take out the trash or their decisions about quitting a job are not the problem in your relationship. And they can 100% do the work and they can be happier, but did you know that they don't need to change in order for you to love them more, in order for you to feel more connected, in order for you to feel more respected by them, more understood. Those are all emotions and emotions are always created by our thoughts. Okay, now I'm not asking you here to just think something that you don't believe. We're not just going to sweep everything under the rug and just think something that's not true. But let me just suggest to you here that all thoughts are not truth. No thought can be proven in a court of law, right? There's just thoughts that create negative emotion and thoughts that create positive emotion. And so when my clients tell me, well, I need my husband to change so I can feel better, I ask them, well, what are you thinking right now? Why is it a problem when they behave this way? And they tell me, well, because... It's just not fair. That's not how husbands should be and he should be more respectful. And that is the thought that's creating the disconnect that husbands should behave differently. We have all these social norms that we get from our parents, from TV, from looking at people and looking at their marriages from the outside and we decide what's normal. But what if we're wrong about all of it? What if husbands never take out the trash? And I love the idea that what if really good husbands who love you sometimes lie? I know when I say that, it's going to catch some of you off guard. And I'm not saying to get walked all over. That is not what I'm saying. But consider that what they are doing is not creating your relationship. That they don't need to change for you to have a better relationship. A relationship is simply your thoughts about them. And this is the most amazing news in the world, you guys, because 
even though we think that we can change our spouses a little bit by telling them what we want and offering our suggestions, our kind, loving suggestions. I know I try to coach my husband sometimes. Or by giving them our expectations, which is fine to tell them, hey, I would really like it if you do this. And I think we should do that. We should tell our spouses what we would like. But we think that if they do those things, we're going to feel better. And sometimes they do change, but how often, right? Like people are just going to be who they're going to be. And as soon as we accept that, we make more intentional choices. Like, hey, this is just who he is. He does this. Let's stop being surprised by it and decide, do I want to be in this marriage and love this person? And if I do, it's 100% possible. You can 100% love them and they cannot change anything. And next week, I'm going to talk about boundaries and I'm going to help you see how to love them and also keep yourself safe. But I found that in most instances, the safe part, the part we're trying to protect ourselves from is our emotions. We're like, I don't want to feel disrespected. I don't want to feel unworthy. But did you know all those emotions come from your thoughts? They don't come from his actions. And so you can 100% respect yourself and love yourself without making the other person show up differently in your life. It's an amazing gift that I'm giving you guys to tell you this. It has changed everything in my relationship with other people in my life, but especially with my husband. Because I love my husband to pieces. And actually, I tell him all the time, I'm like, I feel like it's not fair because I don't get to like do this work on myself a lot with you because you're so perfect. I know that sounds really gross and you guys are like gagging right now, but I'm being honest here. My husband's really amazing. But he shows up amazing all the time. He shares the laundry. He shares every house duty with me. I never feel like I'm asking him to babysit. They are our kids. We work together. He does more than his share and he never, you know, keeps tabs on it. Um, He is just so giving with his time. He is 100% behind me coaching. Uh, He's all about me um, carrying the family income someday and him quitting like he he's all about it but I still am a human being and I still think have expectations and think what things he needs to do so I can feel better and one of the examples that always comes to my mind is his racing he is a triathlete and he trains a lot and while he takes a lot of effort and care throughout the week in getting his training done when I wouldn't even notice it, like at 5 a.m., he works really hard at that. His races sometimes do fall on a Saturday. (laughs) Like, surprise! And it's not even very many. It's like seriously like four or five Saturdays a year. But I get so much anxiety, or I used to, when he would have a race. And I would be so frustrated all day. And I'd be thinking, oh my gosh, if he was here, it would be so much calmer. I'm so mad at him for going. He should have stayed home. Like, even though I told him to go, he should have read how crazy the house was this week and he should have stayed home. And that's what I'm thinking. And when I was at coach training, Jody Moore said to me, "Did she did a model with me on the board. And I just kept looking at it up and down, up and down. And I kept looking at the fact that I don't have to think he shouldn't be here. And that 
him being gone was a neutral circumstance for me. It was not creating my feeling of frustration. It never was. It doesn't even have the ability to do that. Because there's been times that he has been gone and I have felt fine. There has been times that he has been, you know, gone at his grandma's funeral. And of course, I'm having feelings of empathy and understanding and love. And yet, I'm alone with the kids on a Saturday. But when he was at races, I have different thoughts that are creating a lot of frustration for me. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me that I don't have to feel that way. And why do I continue to think these thoughts that are creating so much frustration for me? It doesn't punish him, first of all, which wasn't my goal, but hey, it never was punishing him. Why am I making my Saturday so much harder? Because everything we think, all our thoughts will always end up in our result line. Okay? So if I believe that I could be so much happier if he was here, I'm going to feel frustrated and then I'm going to yell at my kids and they're going to be upset and yelling back. And my result is that I am so unhappy without him here. I made it true, you guys. I showed up in a way that made that true for me. Okay, so if we understand that our relationships are purely our thoughts about another person, I want to talk about when we feel burnt out and unappreciated in our relationships and why that happens. So if you don't understand that about your thoughts, I think a lot of people try to improve their relationships by trying to manipulate the other person's feelings about them. Okay. And I use the word manipulate because it really is what we are doing. I don't think we're doing it in a malice way, but we show up and we try to take care of another person or love on them or give them our time or buy them a present in order for them to love us more so that we can feel love. You see how in the end, it's really about us. We're going to love on them so that they love us so that we can feel love towards them. So we can have a good relationship. Okay, now, are you familiar with the Love Languages book? It's an awesome book. And basically the preface is that it teaches us all the different languages of love, all the different things that make up different people's way of receiving love and different ways that people give love. And the idea is that if we can learn someone's language of love, we can help them feel our love better. And if somebody can learn our language of love, they can better help us feel their love. And one of the problems that I see with languages of love is that, like I said, we do it in an effort to manipulate the other person's feelings. We're like, hey, I am going to learn my spouse's language of love. I'm going to really pay attention. And I I see that his language of love is time. And I'm going to show up and I'm going to give him a lot of my time. And I'm going to do this because I want him to love me back. I want him to pay more attention to me. I want to feel more connected to him. And I want him to feel more connected to me. Okay, so it's not about us. It's about them. We're trying to manipulate their feelings about us. And the reason why it creates resentment and burnout is because you never really did have the power to create their feelings about you. 
So you show up not because you want to, but because you think it will make them love you more. So you show up and you buy them gifts or maybe you spend quality time with them, whatever that language of love is that you think they'll respond to best. And your result that you want is for them to love you more. Except for you guys, the result that you can control always is only your own result. You cannot have other people in your result line. You cannot show up and do something and expect it to create a result for them. Because remember, their result always comes from their emotions and their emotions come from their thoughts. So even if you do the perfect thing, even if they said, hey, I would feel so much more love to you. I feel so much more better understood if you would just sit and listen to me every day after work for like an hour. Just the kids could go take their space if we just have 30 minutes to listen. If you go to listen to them with the desire to help them feel more understood, you might feel resentful. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. You might feel frustrated when it doesn't work because it might not work because you never did have the power to make them feel understood. Okay? Now, this goes the same way for ourselves. When we tell somebody else our language of love and we're like, hey, my language of love is touch. So if you could just like hold my hand more in public and give me a back massage at night and maybe kiss me more goodbye when you leave for work, I would just feel so much more loved by you. Okay. And when they do that, you may feel more love. Okay. But it's only because you are thinking thoughts like they must love me. They did what I asked. But you know what else is an option that I feel like sometimes happens? When someone we ask to do something does it, we sometimes default to, you know what, they were just doing that because I asked them to. He doesn't really love me. Or he didn't really seem very all here when he did that. Like He said, I love you, but he seemed like his head was in another place. He didn't really seem like he was connecting to me because he was smiling while I was talking about something serious. So their behavior never is what fulfills us, what makes us feel loved. It's always our thoughts, our optional thoughts. And so we can improve our relationships just by managing our thoughts. And the best way we can do that is to separate out the circumstance, what they're doing and what we're thinking. Because what they are doing is neutral. It's not creating a feeling of neglect and it's not creating a feeling of love. It's just neutral, okay? Because like I showed you, all those examples, they can show up and we can have two different experiences of their behavior. The second part is defining those thoughts, right? What am I thinking that's making me feel love right now and know that that thought is available to you all of the time. One of the ways that I like to do this is I like to think, okay, if they were to show up perfect the way that I ask them to and the way that I think would just make me so happy and I would be feeling so in love and connected, what would I be thinking about them? 
So let's say they come home from work and they have flowers for you, whatever that language of love is that you feel like is truly the way you feel love. So they come home, they have gifts for you, they planned a date, he's he's going to take the kids out while you get ready for the date. How will you be feeling? Now, what would you need to be thinking or what do you think you would be thinking that would make you feel that way? So if my husband did that, <laughs> which is so funny because when we were first married, I remember thinking, man, all the magic is gone because I get ready and he's right there. Like he walks in the room and he sees me getting ready for two hours, which of course takes the magic out of it because he used to think I just like popped out the door looking beautiful. And now I'm in here for two hours, which is much less hot. It's like, oh my gosh, she takes forever to get ready. <laughs> you guys relate? So I used to think, oh, I just wish he would like, it would be so amazing if he would just like bring home flowers from the date and like maybe go out and take the kids out while I'm getting ready. And like if there was a dress on my bed like that fit me, which is so ridiculous, you guys, because now that I've married so long, he even knows he could never pick out a dress for me. Like sometimes I'll be like, why don't you just pick it out? He's like, babe, please. You know I'm not going to get the right one. Just tell me what you want. <laughs> but I I just remembered this because I really thought that I did voice all of my desires to him and all of my, you know, the presents I wanted. But now I'm remembering that I didn't. I totally was like, that would be so nice. Or like if he got me an appointment at Mac to have my makeup done and then there was a dress on the bed and then he took me out for our anniversary. I totally thought that would just be like the best thing. And of course he never did that because I never told him, which I'm just now realizing. So honey, if you hear this podcast episode, <laughs> you know what I want. <laughs> So I used to think that's what I wanted and that he should just know her. It would be so nice if he just knew. So if he did all those things and I was feeling so adored, I think that's the feeling I would feel, adored, okay? What would I be thinking that would make me feel adored? I would be thinking he knows exactly who I am and what I love and he adores me, okay? And I have realized that I can think that thought whenever I want. I can walk around believing first, okay? Not waiting for him to do something, but I can choose to believe first. He adores me and he knows me so well. And guess what happens when I really try and believe that thought? And you know what, you guys? It's so easy for me to believe thoughts now because I know so well that they are 100% optional. So I don't even need evidence. I'm like, I don't need evidence. It's all baloney. I can choose any thought I want. It's all just as true as the negative stuff. So I choose to believe my husband adores me and he knows me so well. When I think that, I feel super confident, okay? And you know what I do from confidence? I tell him what I want. I walk around and I leave little things about what I want and I notice all the ways that he knows me so well and I pay attention to all the ways he adores me because I adore me. When I'm confident, I know all the things I love about me and he doesn't even need to tell me. And I end up thinking, oh, he adores me. I feel so adored, but I'm creating that feeling for myself. Okay, so it's our job to go first about what we think and feel about us in order to improve our relationships. And we do that by finding the thought that we think 
we would be thinking if they did all those amazing things. You guys with me? Recap. What would they be doing that would be just so perfect? What would you be thinking? And can you think that now? Can you think that first? Can you believe it first? Because it will serve you far better than waiting for them to show up in a way that will create those feelings for you. Because what happens is if they do your language of love and they do it so well, you might feel love and connection for a minute, okay? But it's sneaky because validation doesn't last very long. We go right back, our brain goes right back to our patterns of, oh, well, what if he doesn't still feel this way? And what if I'm not enough? And what if I, I'm not totally adorable and I'm not lovable and I'm not worthy of connection? So when we address those thoughts about ourselves first and we truly believe them, then we can continue to have that thriving relationship without them always showing up and validating us just right. Because they never will, you guys. They never will be able to invalidate us just right. Now, I want to speak to trying to learn love languages for our kids and our husband and how I talked about it creates resentment. So the reason it creates resentment is because we do it with the hopes that it will change our spouse. And when it doesn't, because it rarely does or it doesn't always last, we feel burnt out and resentful, which never creates a better marriage. Okay, so that's a little nod to people pleasing. It feels very effective in the moment. Like I'm going to do what they asked and I'm going to do what I think they like and I'm going to try to manipulate their feelings and people please them. But in the end, it creates massive disconnect for you because you feel burnt out and you feel resentful because it didn't create the result that you wanted. And it's exhausting, you guys. It's exhausting to try to manipulate someone's emotions because you never had the power to do it. And we do the same thing with our kids. We try to show up in a certain way that will manipulate their emotions. And like I think about taking my kids to an arcade where it's so loud and going there with the intention that we're going to have this amazing family night and they're all going to be so happy and they're going to love me and I'm going to be the best mom. <laughs> And then they're all yelling up at me because I can't hear them. It's so loud. And I'm super frustrated. And they're super irritated that they can't get my attention. And then we go to drive home. And my kids' way of saying they had a really good time, and I don't know if your kids do this, but my kids like to say, it wasn't that fun. Like, can we do something else fun? Can we do something else? That's their way. (laughs) Because it guarantees them that I still owe them more fun. My kids will never say, that was amazing, mom. That might mean the fun is over. They say, well, it was fun, but like I didn't actually get to play very much. And you didn't like give me, I only had eight quarters and it only was like this much. And we were only there for 45 minutes. That they think is going to allow them for more fun because I owe them more fun. This is taking me a while to figure out like why they always after a play date are like, well, it wasn't that fun. It's because they think then I'll owe them all those little boogers. So when we do this, we do things in order to manipulate our kids' feelings and help them feel happy and loved and connected towards us, we end up feeling resentful. And with our kids, it just looks like we're so irritated and disconnected and we feel so frustrated. I think with our husbands, we call it burnout. I'm sorry, resentment. 
And with our kids, we call it burnout. We're like, I'm just exhausted. And we're exhausted because we keep trying something that doesn't work. So here's my last little rant. I'm not telling you not to do all these things. You should. I think it's awesome. I think take your kids to the arcade that they love. Okay? I think bring your husband home gifts if he loves that. Or if he says, hey, I really want you to sit with me for 30 minutes after work and just hear me out and don't try to fix me. Just hear all my problems. Do that. I'm all over it. I think it's amazing. I think we should empathize. I think it's good for us to love on other people and to stop thinking about ourselves for a minute. But we have to do it for two reasons. Because we love them, okay? Because we feel love for them first, we show up. And number two, because that's the kind of spouse you are. That's who you are. You are a loving person who cares about your husband's language of love and wants to show up that way for him. But never to manipulate their feelings so that they can feel love and then you can feel more love. It just doesn't work. So you just have to be pure about your intentions. If you go to the arcade with the intention of, this is the kind of mom I am, I'm fun. And they might all be so grumpy. Actually, let's just plan on it. They're all going to be super grumpy after because they're going to have had candy and it's really loud and they think they always deserve more, of course, because they're always trying to fill this hole in their heart (laughs) that they need more. And let's just plan on it. But I do this kind of stuff because that's the kind of childhood I want to create with them. Not to make them happy, but because I love them first. And that's the kind of mom I am. Okay? So we can do all of those things because we love them. So when I tell you that we can never create their emotions, it doesn't mean that I don't do all kinds of things I don't want to do. It doesn't mean that I only do the things that I like and that I love. Sometimes I love my spouse and so I just do the things he wants to do. I go hike in Government Canyon, which I like hiking you guys in the mountains, but I hate hiking in Government Canyon in Texas. It's flat. It's not very pretty, but I like talking to my husband and I know he likes hiking. So sometimes I say, yeah, let's do it. And like when he proposed to me, I was not looking forward to kayaking in the rain, but I didn't want to be a girl about it, which I hate that saying because girls are awesome, but that's what I was thinking. (laughs) And I just, I didn't want to screw up the date. And so I was like, yeah, heck yeah, man, I'm in. But not to make him happy, but because I think that when we're dating, we really do truly do things because we love them. Not because we're trying to make them feel a certain way, but because we honestly already feel so much love for them because we have so many amazing, happy thoughts about them. We've, we haven't grabbed on to all these negative thoughts yet. We have all these amazing thoughts. So we really do feel love first. And so then we do all these things because we love them, not because we're trying to make them feel a certain way. And I think they are the same. They love us first and they show up because they just want to not because they're trying to make us feel a certain way. And we each come to the marriage 100% instead of waiting for the other person to make up the difference. So next time you guys hear somebody talk about languages of love or you think about languages of love, what I really want you to take from that book is that it offers you all kinds of amazing thoughts for your spouse. It creates understanding 
when my husband doesn't look that excited that I just sat down and offered him 30 minutes of my undivided attention, I might have some understanding because I'm thinking the thought, oh, that's right. My husband's language of love really is, qual- uh, I don't know, touch. He doesn't really care if I sit and listen to him for a half an hour. He really wants me to hug and love on him and have sex with him and have quality time with him. Not quality time, touch, right? (laughs) So it might offer me some understanding. When I buy my kids a gift and they're like, or clothes, right, from Target, and I'm like, try it on. And they're like, I don't want to try it on. I might have some understanding that their language of love is not gifts. They don't care about clothes. Their language of love is quality time, okay, and listening. So I have some understanding, okay? How about when my spouse buys me something that I don't totally love? I might have some understanding that his language of love is gift giving. And guess what that understanding will create for me? A feeling of love, right? Oh, this is how he shows love. He must adore me. Ding, ding, ding. I just thought a thought that created a feeling of love. Okay. So the languages of love help us understand people better so that we can have thoughts that create love. So they can have thoughts that create understanding and love, not so that we can show up in a way that manipulates somebody's emotions. Okay. So I just want that to stick with you guys. I want you guys to pay attention to the thoughts that you have that are creating love and the thoughts that you have that are creating disconnect in your marriage because it only ever was your thoughts creating those two things. And if you want to improve your marriage and if you want to think differently about your spouse and if you find yourself thinking that your spouse needs to change for you guys to be happier, I want you to come hop on a free coaching call with me. Because I am going to help you look at your marriage in a way that you never have before with absolutely no judgment, of course, you guys. I'm just here to show you your brain, to show you what your brain is offering to you in an attempt to keep you safe. Because your brain thinks it's a little bit dangerous if you're doing it wrong in the marriage. Your brain thinks it's a little bit dangerous if it's your thoughts. It's like, hey, it's your fault. This is horrible. And I'm here to tell you there's nothing wrong with you. It is not your fault. It is your, in your power to create an amazing relationship because it is your thoughts. It means that you have all the power to have the relationship, the marriage, and the life you want. Isn't that incredible? All right, you guys, it was so fun chatting with you today. I kind of went off script a little bit because I just wanted to talk with you about marriage. And you know what happened? I had so many fun stories to tell you. (laughs) All of a sudden, I remembered all about my proposal and my ridiculous needs that I wanted met by my husband. We first got married and all kinds of junk. So my kids not liking when I asked them to try on their clothes. Hopefully you guys learned a little bit more about me. So if you guys want a free session, there is a link in the show notes below. Please leave a review. This month, I am doing a $100 Target gift card giveaway. And all you have to do is leave a review And then email me at limitlessfemale at gmail.com and tell me the little username that you used for the review. And I will enter you in the gift card raffle. 
Or if you're on my email list, you got an email about it. So that makes it even easier. But just leave a quick review. How many stars? A few words about what you're thinking, what you like, what you don't like. I don't care. Just tell me what you're thinking. And then email me and let me know your username so that I can put you in the raffle. And at the end of February, March 1st, I'm going to pick somebody and then send you a $100 Target gift card. And you guys, there's not that many people listen to the podcast. I mean, I'm just going to say it. It's a good amount. It's awesome. I don't know, it's like 100 people, but I love all you 100 people. You're all like standing in a room listening to me, but your odds are pretty high. So go ahead, (laughs) leave a review, and let's help this podcast get to more people like you who need it, who need these tools, who want to stay married and love on their husband, and they just don't know how. All right, you guys have a fabulous week. If you have questions about anything you've learned here on the podcast or want help with something going on in your own life, hop on a free coaching call with me. In just 30 minutes, you'll have real tools for your unique situation. Go to limitlessfemalecoaching.com forward slash work with me, or you can find a link in the show notes below. Spots are limited, so grab one before you miss it.